Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look, and I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program, Christmas trees were in short supply last year, but what about this time around? We'll check in with the owner of a Christmas tree business here in the Atlanta area, and you'll hear what to do with the tree when the holiday season is over. Now, if you have a cat or cats, good luck. I got nothing for you. Plus, this week, Georgia State University will award honorary degrees to three black women denied admission more than 60 years ago. And you'll learn more about one of those women Barbara Pace Hunt. All that's just ahead, but first this, new bipartisan legislation to help rural communities fight the opioid epidemic is heading to President Joe Biden's desk to be signed. As we hear from Jess Mador, the bill is co-sponsored by Georgia Senator John Ossoff. Georgia has seen dramatic increases in opioid-related overdose deaths over the last decade, and many rural communities across the state are hard hit amid the national epidemic that led to record numbers of drug overdoses last year. Now, the Rural Opioid Abuse Prevention Act, sponsored by Senate Democrat John Ossoff and Iowa Republican Chuck Grassley, will bring federal dollars to rural areas seeing high numbers of opioid overdoses. It includes resources and funding to help identify gaps in prevention, treatment, and recovery. It also creates new programs to help struggling addicts avoid overdose and jail. Georgia substance abuse advocates say the additional resources are welcome. It's not clear when President Joe Biden will sign the bill into law. Jess Mador, WABE News. In other news, officials with Emory University's hospital in Midtown say they've fired several nurses who went viral on social media over the weekend by making fun of their patients' needs and questions during labor and delivery. In a statement via Twitter, the healthcare system referred to the nurses as, quote, former employees and described their comments on the social platform TikTok as, quote, disrespectful and unprofessional. In the video, a group of four nurses take turns listing their icks or pet peeves that come up while dealing with patients and their families. Now, Georgia's maternal mortality rate is one of the worst in the nation, and especially for black women. And numbers from the Atlanta-based CDC reveal more than 80% of pregnancy-related deaths were preventable. Georgia is updating its rules on certain exotic animals that some people keep as pets. Not anything like tigers. Those are already not allowed. But some other animals won't be sold here anymore, as we hear from Molly Samuel. Georgia already had rules on the books on keeping wild animals, but they hadn't been updated since the 90s. Think about how the world has changed since then with globalization. You can buy anything on the Internet. Brett Albanese is with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. He says this new update is important to keep Georgia's native wildlife safe from anything that might escape or that a pet owner might decide to release. Once something gets introduced, 
is very, very expensive and very, very difficult to get rid of it. Take Argentine tegus, big black and white lizards that are popular pets, but that are starting to get a toehold in the wild in South Georgia. They eat everything from fruit and vegetables to baby gopher tortoises and quail eggs. DNR has information about which animals will now need licenses on its website. Albany says no one has to give up a pet they already have, but they may need to get it tagged. Pet owners and pet stores have a year-long grace period. Molly Samuel, WABE News. And finally, Dorothy Pittman-Hughes. The name may be familiar. She was an activist and co-founder of Ms. Magazine alongside Gloria Steinem. Pittman-Hughes died earlier this month. She was 84 years old, born in Lumpkin, Georgia, but a majority of her life work was centered as a women's rights activist and a child welfare advocate while living in New York City. Gloria Steinem said of Dorothy Pittman-Hughes, quote, I've been lucky to call Dorothy a friend and lifelong co-conspirator. She encouraged me to speak in public and we spent years traveling across the country. Her devotion to children's welfare, racial justice, and economic liberation means that she left the world in a better place than she found it. Close quote. This is Closer Look on WABE from Atlanta. And maybe some news stories that you may know of and some folks you may or may not have heard of. Well, we try to bring it to you on a daily basis. It's our news and information that WABE brings to you. And quite frankly, for listeners, you know what? It's our job. And quite frankly, we're honored to serve the community with fact-based and fair reporting. So as you know, this is Closer Look. Yes, I'm Rose Scott. And I know what you're saying. Where are you going, Rose? Well, we're in our year in fundraiser. As you all know, we're asking for your donations because it helps pay for the cost of bringing you Closer Look. And right now, we've got yet another pretty good reason. I'm joined this hour by WABE contributor, fellow journalist, author, TV host, and my favorite, a pretty cool person to walk the belt line with, Gail O'Neill. Oh, I love walking the belt line with you too, Rose. Thank you for having me back. Right now, listeners, when you give, you're not only supporting WABE as we gear up for 2023, you'll also be entered to win in a drawing a $100 City Winery gift card. So please take a moment to give a year-end gift at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And here at the end of the year, we'd like to remind you of some of the stories we've been able to share with you thanks to listener support. For example, back in May on 1A, where they asked if robots were the solution to understaffed nursing homes. That's kind of scary, but important. Mm -hmm. And in August, on All Things Considered, they asked about why so many people seem to like garlic, but how few recipes call for it. I love anything having to do with recipes, Rose. I know. (laughs) WABE was able to bring you all of this thanks to Atlanta listeners. And as we step into the new year, we're looking for more help from listeners just like you. So please take a moment to give a year-end gift at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090 and thank you. My name is Nancy Slater and I live in Stonecrest, Georgia. Closer Look is one of my favorite shows and Rose Scott is so amazing. I love her sense of humor. I love her professionalism. There's no ego that stands as a barrier between her and her listening audience. And that's why I appreciate the program Closer Look so much. Aww, that's we cool. Stated the curiosity, the professionalism, and the sense of humor that keeps us all coming back is why we listen to Closer Look. Rose's it's called being nosy. Oh, <laughs> 
That's why we get along so well. I'm a fellow nosy person. But Rose, your natural curiosity was leads to, is what leads to fascinating conversations that provide some insight into Metro Atlanta. So help us bring this closer look to Atlanta with a monthly gift right now. It takes just a moment at wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. And to all the fellow nosy people out there, <laughs> thank you. What we're really saying is since you appreciate WABE enough to listen to Rose, put a value on that right now. And there, is, and there is value in that, whether we're talking about how to have how to find the right Christmas tree. Cause some of y'all, you know, think your house is bigger than what it actually is. And you get the wrong size. So we'll talk about that in a moment, but you know what? We hope that you appreciate all the various types of programming and segments that we have here on WABE and closer look. So even giving a one-time gift will really mean so much to us. And I say, look, give what you can afford at WABE.org slash donate, or again, make your one-time gift over the phone, the old fashioned way, 678-553-9090. And we'll walk you through it. And as always, thank you. With your urine gift to WABE, we'd like to send you one in return. Choose from any number of gifts, including the I Love WABE mug, the NPR Kids hoodie, or the new WABE tumbler. Choose what you'd like based on the level of your gift. See all the December thank you gifts for yourself at wabe.org slash donate. Thanks. Listen to this. Hundreds of companies in and around Atlanta, like Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, and J.P. Chase Morgan, participate in our matching mm -hmm. gift program. That's when your gift can be matched dollar for dollar. So get the ball rolling and find out if your employer will match your gift at wabe.org slash match. And thank you. You know, Gail, in a member drive like this, we ask for everyone to do what they can, right? Give their, their, their donation. And we use that money to pay for a lot of great programs beyond Closer Look. I mean, of course, there's City Lights. There's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. There's so many amazing and wonderful programs here on WABE and also powerful stories that are sustained by you. And so the response we get is really, really important because if you don't know, you should know. 90%, check it, 90% of our funding comes from Metro Atlanta. So please give what you can today at wabe.org slash donate or call us at 678-553-9090. And remember now, when you give right now, your name is being entered into that drawing to win a $100 city winery gift card. I'm not available to win. Neither is Gail. Neither are my cousins. Neither are Gail's cousins. And by the way, if you're listening to the <laughs> evening rebroadcast of Closer Look, we're also going to enter you into the drawings, too. So be sure to give your gift as well at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as always, I say thank you. Let's talk about Christmas trees when we come back. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cf.com.
greateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Real talk. Now, one friend put up our Christmas tree already adorned with lights, just took it out of the box and plugged it in. No judgments on the faux pine approach. That's okay. I feel you, sis. Another friend makes putting up the tree and, and hanging the ornaments and all that a huge production. He plays Diana Ross and serves a very spicy eggnog. Y'all do you. Yes, it's one of the biggest decisions for some households to make during this holiday season. What type of Christmas tree to get? How do we know we the size? What do we do with the cats or the dogs or the potbelly pig or whatever pets you have? Now, according to the National Christmas Tree Association, because there is one, approximately 25 to 30 million live Christmas trees are sold in the U.S. every year. That's a lot of trees. And the Christmas tree market in the U.S. is worth, now this is the worth, that's what they say, $380 million. That doesn't include how much sales are actually generated and the industry employs more than 100,000 people now last year we know due to covid there was a massive shortage of christmas trees at least that's what they told us and a quick google search this year says you might see an increase in the cost of trees due to wait for it inflation well it's definitely one of matt bowman's favorite time of year he joins us again he's the owner of tradition trees in little five points neighborhood here in atlanta matt great to have you back on the program thanks rose i'm glad to be here so let's get this out the way. Is there a Christmas tree shortage here this year? Yes or no? Because I'm, I'm seeing and hearing some conflicting headlines here. Uh, I, I hate to uh, hedge, but it's kind of uh, sort of. There is uh, plenty of trees in uh, seven to eight, six to seven, five to six is kind of the, the average to smaller size trees. Mm-hmm. Um, in bigger size trees, eight to nine, nine to ten and above, uh, there's definitely not quite as many as um, as demand usually uh, requires. And that's um, just with the uh, Christmas trees generally grow pretty slowly. They grow about a foot a year. Most of the ones from uh, the mountains of North Carolina or Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, just grow so slow. And um, there was a, a bigger shortage, not quite as many trees put in the ground um, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, so in those in those larger sizes, there's not quite as many. But uh, there's still plenty of great selection for trees seven to eight, six to seven and below. So the issue is not some supply in terms of, you know, getting the trees to said des- destination. It's the actual trees themselves. There's a shortage. There's, again, in the, in the taller size taller trees, because they, they, they grow so slow. We, we normally, for uh, here in the southeast, the, Appala- uh, the, the native to the Appalachians, the Fraser Fir is kind of the most popular tree. It mm-hmm. makes up about 70% of the market. And again, those, those guys grow so slowly. They grow about a foot a year. We put them in the ground when they're, uh, two or three years old, and they're about a foot and a half tall. So for a tree to get to be seven to eight feet, it usually takes it eight or nine years to get that tall. And coming out of the recession back in 2009, 2010, 2011, there weren't quite as many uh, people just didn't have the dollars to put the trees back mm-hmm. in the ground. And then that affected the supply chain since the nurseries that supply those farmers said, hey, wait, we don't have the same demand we used to have. Let's cut back on our production. So uh-huh. we ended up with like a good six, seven year um, 
you know, fewer trees put in the ground as, as we needed. We have bounced back from that. And that's where, again, the, the trees that are maturing right now in the mm -hmm. six to seven, seven to eight, we've got plenty of those. It's just those ones, those, for those, for those rich folks who need that, that 10 footer, there might not be quite <laughs> as many of them as, uh, as they're used to. That they can get something smaller. They can, uh, let me stop. Exactly. Get an email. You can always make <laughs> let, let me ask you this. celebration, right? The tree's just one, one function. Tell them, Matt, tell them for the people in the back. Let me ask you this. Why is Fraser Fir so popular? Um, you know, it just, it's, it's just, it's a beautiful Christmas tree. It's got a great smell. It holds up really well. It holds its needles real well. And it's native to the, uh, to the Appalachians. So from mm -hmm. a cost perspective, we don't have to haul them in from Canada or from Michigan or the West coast. Uh, so it's just, it's just a popular tree in the Southeast. And, um, really you, you mentioned the national Christmas tree association, a lot of farmers back in the fifties and sixties really did a great job marketing the Fraser as a, as a great Christmas tree. So people buy them all over the country. Um, and we're lucky that they're uh, more or less grown in our backyard. You say that they have a great smell. Is that your favorite, too? Uh, it's one of my. That's definitely what's in my house uh, right now. <laughs> I uh, I also love a, a good Douglas fir. It's got a kind of a nice citrus smell to it. We get some of those from uh, Pennsylvania. Um, and noble fir from the West Coast is another one that's got kind of a nice little citrus smell to mm -hmm. it as well. But that uh, we have a lot of customers who come in and they don't necessarily know the. The name of the tree that they get, the type of tree they get, but they certainly know the smell. They have to kind of walk around until they get that until they get that scent, and then they know the one they're going to get. Let me ask you this: How did you do last year in terms of sales? Last year we did. Uh, last year was a decent year. Um, twenty twenty was kind of a, a banner year. I think that with all the stuff that was going on, folks were really looking for the holidays to be something special and uh, kind of spent without abandon. We saw people kind of pulling back a little bit last year as, mm -hmm. as uh, we, we came out of the pandemic and some of the government assistance kind of went away and stuff. And then um, this year we've had, we've had decent sales uh, this year. I'm not going to call it a, a great year. We can certainly see that uh, folks are experiencing some of the economic headwinds. We're still selling. We had a, we had a good weekend despite the rain and mm -hmm. folks are definitely still coming out. I think, I think for a lot of us, uh, every paycheck is precious, right? So we're kind of maybe holding on, waiting to buy that tree a little bit longer than we normally would. But um Again, thankfully, that that shortage isn't isn't in effect for for normal house size trees, and everybody should be able to get what they want. Well, Matt, what is in effect, and you know that, and that's inflation. Have you had to raise your prices a little? We did have to raise our prices a little bit. We have we've kind of uh, kept some of those costs in house and not pass it on to the customer. But um, everything on the agricultural side has seemed to increase. We've had uh, uh, fertilizer price increases that we that farmers put on the trees. The cost of labor's increased a little bit rates increased with mm -hmm. uh, the price of gas is up diesel gas is still crazy unleaded is better than diesel diesel really hadn't hadn't come down at all so mm -hmm. those uh the freight costs have gone up a little bit but again i mean for us in the business we really try to be um we understand that people have to make choices and mm -hmm. we're willing to sacrifice a little bit of margin to uh not pass 100 percent of that cost on through to the customer and let me ask you this what, what's the number one mistake folks tend to make when they're when they're looking for a tree i know everyone wants a nice big tree nobody wants the little tree that charlie brown got you know even though he, he made an attempt uh, what's the <laughs> i love charlie brown what's the mistake that folks tend to make when they're going to make a purchase for that tree uh you you reference it size is one of those things that uh people kind of can goof up sometimes it's it's hard sometimes to translate what the what the lot or what the tree looks like out on the lot versus what it's going to like look like in your home and some folks tend to think that they got more room than they mm. do uh it might might cram that that uh eight or nine footer into a space that might only be able to take a six or seven so, so they should that. measure from where matt should they measure from this 
from the floor, not all the way up to the ceiling, to give themselves a little bit of headroom. Yeah, right? it depends on what they put on top. If they put a big star on top versus a bow versus an angel, you know, there's all sorts of different stuff that folks put on top, which is, you know, that's the cool part about the tradition. Everyone does things different. And uh, I tell people to kind of, if they're in their house, kind of see how far from the ceiling their hand is when they're reaching up, up to the, see if they can, hey, if I can come close to touching it, uh, then I can, you know, use that when I get out to the lot. If you've got a big vaulted ceiling, you can go as big as you can. Uh, makes it easy, right? But uh, for the rest of us, I kind of, kind of, kind of make it seem how close can I get to the to my ceiling, just reaching out. And then when I get to the lot, I can kind of make that, make that comparison. And what about keeping the tree alive so it makes it through the, <laughs> through the actual big day? Sure. Uh, how yep. often should folks be watering this tree? They definitely need to be checking it every day. Uh, we highly recommend using a stand that has a big water capacity because. Believe it or not, these trees can drink up to a gallon a day. Uh, and also just kind of making sure that it gets taken care of when you leave the lot. A lot of uh, retailers like our company will will give it a fresh cut at the lot. We'll even put it in the stand for you if you bring your stand to one of our locations. Hmm. Um, and then you want to get it in water right away. Once you put a fresh cut on it, that tree has about three hours before it's going to reseal with all the sap that's in that tree. And it won't it won't drink quite as well as when you give it that first fresh, fresh cut. So we recommend, uh, you know, good old tap water, nothing too hot, nothing too cold, um, and just really keep water in that stand. As long as that stand is, uh, uh, as long as the butt of that tree has got water covering it, it's going to be in good shape. But you really would be surprised at how quickly uh, you can, that, that tree will drink. You'll see it diminishing in the stand. And again, that's back to where using a stand that's got a good water capacity is going to be pretty, pretty helpful and well. But I, I check mine, you know, at least twice a day, mm-hmm. and I'm usually watering it at least once a day. Matt, have you figured out how to keep a cat out of a Christmas tree? <laughs> that is the ultimate question, right? Uh, I have not. I have not. If any of your listeners have suggestions, <laughs> please let me know. Uh, that would be that would be great because it does. Uh, they they seem to like it. They seem to like. And the dogs, some dogs like drinking the water, which I can't imagine. But uh, you know, their uh, pets <laughs> pets want to be part of Christmas too. Matt, you've told this story before, but I think for some of our listeners, you know, why'd you get into this? How? how why is this so passionate for you? Um, you know, Christmas was a big deal for, for us growing up. Uh, my mom had, had memories. She's, she's a good Irish Catholic from, uh, outside of Boston and they didn't have a whole lot of money going, growing up. And her mom made a big deal about Christmas, just, you know, homemade, homemade stuff that, uh, to make Christmas a big deal. And, and my mom kept that for me and my brothers coming up when we were, when we were growing, I got fond memories of, uh, you know, hanging tinsel and everything like that around the, around the tree. And then when I was 18, I just started I started selling Christmas trees as a as a kind of a little hustle to see if I could make some money, and uh, it went uh, it went really well uh, wow. the first year. And I've kind of uh, just kept doing. I'm, I'm I was 18 then. I'm 46 now, so I've, I've I've been doing it a long time. We've got a we've got six locations across the city. We hang Christmas lights for people. We're kind of a, a full service Christmas company. So it's one of those things where it was just a great uh, it's a great business to be into. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. It, it takes a lot of effort. We've got a ton of people working right now, but uh, our customers are usually pretty happy. You know, it's a great time of year for everyone to be excited about Christmas. And so we've got a, a fun business to be in. And, uh, you know, we just put in the work and uh, ready for a, a long winter's nap, as they say, in, a, in another <laughs> another week or so. Now, now, Matt, be honest, often are you driving past the big box stores and like, what y'all got over there and seeing what they have and going in there? Maybe, maybe yeah, we, we, we pulling some needles off what trees. The big box stores are doing. You know, I mean, we tell people, I mean, the reason that people come to us, honestly, is for the experience and for a better quality tree overall. I mean, if you look at the big box stores and you just see how many of them around the city, you know how many trees they have to cut and all that takes time. So mm-hmm. we, 
we shop with smaller farmers who cut when we tell them to cut. So we're always getting fresh trees to Atlanta. We make a lot of effort to make sure our trees are, are well taken care of on the Christmas tree lot. So everyone gets a, a fresh tree and you're certainly going to have a great shopping experience when you come by one of our locations. All right. Now, when the holiday season is over and folks got that tree and they say, now what do I do with it, Matt? What are you going to tell them? We hope they recycle it. Uh, that's number one. Keep keep everything green. It's a uh, it really is a green industry. One acre of Christmas trees grows enough oxygen for 18 people every day. Uh, so that's a good thing. And then certainly we want people to recycle their trees. Uh, some of our big box competitors, I'll, I'll shout them out because they do a great job. Home Depot will allow people to come uh, drop a tree off. They have a period to recycle. I think they like you to have it dropped off by like the third or the fourth of January. Um, we recycle, we service a lot of our customers too, where we'll come pick up trees for a small fee and make sure that they get recycled as well. So we recycle 100% of the trees that uh, that we pick up and that's what we hope people do. It really does make a great mulch, particularly for uh, fruit plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, blueberries in particular love acidity and uh, the, the mulch has got a normally a little higher acid content than what you'd find from like an oak tree or something. So it's great for uh, flowering plants and um, and fruiting plants. All right, Matt Bowman, owner of Tradition Trees here in Atlanta's Little Five Points neighborhood. He joins us pretty much every year now. You've become a tradition on this program, Matt, and I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you very much, Rose. I appreciate the opportunity. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, my friend. All right. Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. It's beginning to look a lot like it usually does. There's no snow. Where's the snow, Georgia? Come on now. Sign the lady who hails from the Midwest. Now, WABE can't promise snow, but we can guarantee a commitment to our mission. The reason we have a fundraiser like this is simple. We're looking for donations to help cover the cost of programs like Closer Look and the news and information that we cover. Like, you know what? How to have a pretty sustainable and nice Christmas tree. That's what you get here. Please take a moment to give monthly now at wabe.org slash donate. I'm Rose Scott, of course, joined by Gail O'Neill. Gail, do you put up a tree wreath? What y'all got going over there in the O'Neill uh, household? Always a wreath. And when I put up a tree, I love the blue spruce for the chubby little pine needles. But I never really, I mean, I noticed the fragrance, of course. I didn't know that different pine trees had different fragrances. That was really interesting. They all just smell like trees to me, which is great. Yeah. I guess you put up a tree since your cats were jumping in them. Uh, I had to stop that trend uh, years and years ago. Um, and even though my cats now have all journeyed on to the ancestral land of felines, I still, I don't know, I might put up something. I have a wreath that my WAB producers got me for, uh, one of my producers got me, so I could put up the wreath, but you know. It's something yeah. about not having a tree reminds me of my cats, which are fond memories. So, yeah, because when I put up a tree, it was a disaster. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> now, as Rose just mentioned, we are looking to cover our costs and we're entering you into a drawing to win a $100 city winery gift card. So please take a moment to support Closer Look and WABE with a year end gift at WABE.org donate. And here at the end of the year, we want to remind you of some of the stories we've been able to share with you. Like back in November, 
This is one of my favorites on Here and Now, where they gave us three recipes to help kick off our Thanksgiving. And then in July, All Things Considered reminded us of the simple joys of riding a bike. Mm. Rose, you remember when the train wheels first came off and that feeling of freedom and I can go anywhere I want to? I was zooming all over St. Louis. They, same thing here. <laughs> Stories like this took time, energy, and resources. Past donations helped produce them. And now we're looking for your help with a December gift to take us into 2023 and zoom in as Rose did as a little girl. <laughs> it's easy at wabe.org slash donate or with a simple phone call to 678-553-9090. And thank you. Hi, I'm Mike Lane Ducla from NPR's Global Health Desk. There's a word for what you feel when you encounter something vast and unexplainable. Ah, it's a crucial part of experiencing happiness. It also fuels the reporting you hear on this station every day. We find the awe-inspiring in the world and share it right here so you can experience it too. Give to the station that inspires you. Here's how. It's really easy. Just fire up the old smartphone and head to wabe.org slash donate or on your, you know, whatever device you like. There are so many great moments here on WABE and, and you know them when you hear them. We used to call them driveway moments. Some people call them on the train moments. Some people call I was waiting for my my waffle fries moments and they're listening to the program. We hope that continues because your gift right now will help to make sure we continue. Your gift right now can help create future moments. So it's really easy. Give us a call 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. Now, listen, we rely on your gift to pay for programs like Closer Look because we think you think. We think you know this show is important, right? So far and away, the largest source of our funding, Gail, comes from in and around Metro Atlanta. So please, folks, take a moment to lend some help of your own at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And I have a listener who emailed me and says, I have a way to keep the cats out of the tree. Put them outside. How's that? I'm not going to put my cats out. I never put my cats outside. Listener, I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want people sending Rose angry emails because of me. (laughs) Anyway, thank you. When you include WABE on your gift list this December, we'd like to send you a thank you gift as well. Choose from an array of thank you gifts, including a subscription to the New York Times, the new Amplifying Atlanta mug, or the iconic WABE tote bag. Plus, your year-end gift will continue to power WABE through 2023. See all of our thank you gifts for yourself at wabe.org slash donate. Thank you. And if you're on the fence about giving, think about it this way. Consider not just how much you listen, but why you listen and give what you feel you can afford. Even a one-time gift can make a huge difference to this station. It's easy at wabe.org slash donate, or you can even call and speak to one of our operators at 678-553-9090. Thank you. I wonder if our operators are like the the time life operators on TV, you know, where you get like 100 CDs of the 50s and 60s doo-wop or whatever, and they have like those, you know, the antenna, whatever, the headset. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? When I was in college, my my job was security, and I worked the switchboard. Your job was security? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Stop, stop. The cowardly lion was in charge of security at Wesleyan University. (laughs) Luckily, nothing ever went down on my shift. But one of my jobs was switchboard operator, where you had the old-fashioned panel with the plugs that you'd have to plug in. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm dating myself. Gail O'Neill security. <laughs> Not going to happen on my watch, said Gail. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> You're not the only one who laughs when I tell that story. And I'm curious, like, what is a, what is a crime on the campus of Wesley? <laughs> like, you know, well, littering? I don't know. The most dramatic thing I saw was kids who were binge drinking. And okay, in now remember. And, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a college campus. Okay. Shift. Here we go. And remember, when you donate right now, your name will be entered into the drawing to win a $100 City Winery gift card. I'm still just got this image of you. You're still laughing, aren't you? I know. I can feel the judgment. That's okay because no, I am no, a coward. Not, so. No, you're not a coward. <laughs> it's not. It's just you doing security. Gail O'Neill, you know, who I've watched on CNN and HGTV and, you know, you're a wonderful writer and, you know, you interior decorating and you doing security. So, look, since you're listening <laughs> right now. You should make a donation right now just because you got to hear that story uh, at WABE.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you and thank you, Gail, for keeping all those students safe in your college years. It was my pleasure. That's what we do. Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. This week, Barbara Pace Hunt, Iris Mae Welch, and Minor Payne Elliott, also known as the Ground Crew, will be awarded honorary degrees from Georgia State University. Now, Hunt and Welch will receive their degrees posthumously, while Elliott, now 90 years old, will receive her degree during the commencement. Why? Well, more than 60 years ago, these women sued what is now Georgia State University after being denied admission because of their race. Now, they won the case, but they were still denied to deny to enroll. And earlier this year, I spoke with Crystal Freeman, the daughter of Barbara Pace Hunt, about her mother. One great memory I have is that she used to always say, if it's to be, it's up to me. Yeah used to say that all the time. If it's to be, it's up to me. Can you recall when you first learned about your mother's role with these two other women in trying to, in, in suing to desegregate what was then, it was a different institution, but we call now Georgia State University. Can you recall the first time you, you learned of her involvement in this? Well, I learned about it actually uh, in high school, she did. She didn't talk much about it prior to high school. Uh, when I was actually thinking about what school I wanted to attend um, after high school, that's when she started telling me about what she went through um, trying to get into college and her trials and tribulations of trying to get an education. And I just thought to myself, gosh, well, that's not a school that I will apply to. Really? If if they treated you that way, that's that's not a school that I will apply to. And I just, you know, she said, no, 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 I've done research and it graduates the highest number of Mm African-Americans now. You shouldn't feel that way. 
she told you that, but in the conversation or as you were learning of her role through your lens, how would you describe the the the, the emotion behind still not being able to be admitted, despite the legal ruling which we just heard from uh, Dean Daniels there? Right. Yeah, she was very disappointed. Um, the things that she talked talked to me about uh, that she went through were terrible, just really, really terrible. Having, you know, having to move, the, you know, her, my, my two sisters um, from many places uh, with the discrimination that was going on back in the 50s, uh, the way she was treated during the trial, um, just things that are unbelievable that she went through. What did just, she, sh- well, I'm curious, and I think our listeners are too, Crystal, what, did she talk about in terms of specifically in terms of the treatment and how she was treated during this during this whole ordeal and with the case? Did she get death threats? She got death threats. Uh, she sent my sisters to my grandmother's house in Pennsylvania. Um, she was told to leave the state of Georgia or she'd be killed uh, by the Ku Klux Klan. Um, she was called out of her name, threatened just several things. Um, she was asked by Dr. King to, to go and apply at that school. She, he thought because of the, the, the fairness of her skin that maybe just possibly they wouldn't even notice that she was African-American because she was so fair-skinned. That's how it all started. Um, but that simply wasn't the case. So they, they knew. Crystal, did your mother ever talk about I don't want to use the term giving up, but did she ever talk about reaching a point where maybe she had some regrets or, or maybe, you know, she said, you know, maybe we just started to just drop it. Did, did she ever talk about that? Never, never, not once. Um, she, she simply wasn't that type of person throughout her entire life for, for whatever she, she did. She was never a quitter. Um, she, you know, she was the type of person, you know, with, with whatever she did, whatever she set out to do, mm-hmm. she had the type of determination, unlike anybody that I've ever met to this day. Um, I wish I possessed the same quality. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give up, but I don't, I, I don't, um, if I could be half the person that she was, I, I, I'd be pretty good. But no, she never gave up. She, um, no, she was never a quitter. As we heard in that piece, although in a sense they won, they were still denied entry. Yes, ma'am. She was denied entry. But that's, you know, that's the dark side of the story. My mother went on to graduate with two master's degrees and although it's a sad part of history, the, the, the good part is that she didn't give up. She had such determination and she kept going. And where, you know, one person might be sad and, and be in a dark place to have nothing nice to say, you know, my mother told me not to give up. And, and when I, you know, told her that's a school that I would never apply to, 
you know, she she just simply said, you know, she lived long enough to see that it graduated the highest number of African-Americans in all nationalities. So she didn't, you know, she died without holding a grudge against the school. And I think that that within itself is phenomenal. I can't say that, you know, I would feel the same way. Hmm. Her relationship with the other two women, with with Myra, uh, Myra Elliott, uh, what, what was that like? Did she talk about it? Were they very close? Did they remain close after? You know, my mother didn't uh, speak much about them. I think that their relationship was strictly uh, with the lawsuit. If they had a relationship outside of that, it wasn't one that she shared with me. Um, I do know that she was the main plaintiff. Mm-hmm. Um of the lawsuit, but she didn't mention anything to me personally about a a relationship outside of that. And we should know that the other woman was Iris Mae Welch. You Mm -hmm. said that your mom didn't hold any grudges and you followed up. You didn't know if I could quite feel the same way, but is that perhaps because of what you knew your mother to be and when you, how you described us to, to, to the listeners when we first started this conversation, um, that wasn't surprising to you that she did not hold a grudge. When she, look, not just maybe, maybe some will say, well, it's not fair against the university, but look, the death threats, KKK, all of that, she would be, she would be well within her right if she did. Oh, yeah, she would be well in her right. Um, yeah, I, I say that because any, you know, anything my mother did, she never, um, she never held a grudge about really anything, uh, growing up with her, you know, her working on different jobs, you know, she just was the type of person you know, she was a live, live and let live and, you know, a godly woman. Um, she just didn't hold grudges. She just, she just didn't hold grudges. I, I just don't know anybody like her. Um, she didn't have time for drama and, you know, negativity. She just kept pursuing whatever it was that she was doing. She just always just kept plugging away. Now I will say this because you are your mother's child because you were persistent. You, you lobbied, you advocated, you told Georgia state, look here, (laughs) y'all need to do something. Y'all need to do something to recognize what my mother and others did here. Well, it was a struggle for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was a 10-year struggle. And I will admit to you, I started out with wanting a tree planted, and I have still to this day not gotten a tree planted in my mother's name. So go figure. Well, Georgia, figure. Georgia State has bought up a lot of property. There's definitely some room down there. Well, I've been told by many people that there's not, not enough room to plant a tree so i haven't given up though who told you that may i ask uh yes the 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 uh well they have a new president but the former president told me that my mark becker 
Yes. Well, there's a new president, so you can reach out to the new president. And I think, um, you no, know, I don't know. Maybe you'll get a different result. What do you want folks to know about your mother, Barbara Hunt? I would like people to, to know that she believed in an education and the importance of one that she never gave up on an education. And it's the one thing, if there was anything that my mother taught me is that it's the one thing that, that can't be taken away from you. You know, and I think it's something that this generation has just really lost. And she was, she was a teacher. You know, my mother was a teacher. I don't know if people know that. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to have an education because it is the one thing that they can't take from us. And education equals power. And, you know, that, that's, that's something that I'd like for people to know that she believed in an education and the importance of it. And I just wish people knew that about her. Often when we talk about progress and we look to history Folks will say, well, then part of that is acknowledging and recognizing the injustices. And as you continue to fight for, even if it's just more than a tree, but definitely one would argue that your mother and the other two women deserve more than a tree. And then you make this connection that we know that Georgia State University does graduate the highest number of African-American students in the nation. Yes. Yes. What year did you lose your mother, Crystal? I lost my mother in 2005. Yes, ma'am. 2005. It's been 17 years. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it's been that long. Oh, and the reason, that, the reason why it's, the tree is so significant is that my mother loved nature. Mm -hmm. You know, she loved trees and... Um, yeah. Not that anybody cares, but my mother loved trees. I think a lot of people care. Thank you. I think a lot of people care. Crystal Freeman, the daughter of Barbara Hunt, one of three women who sued to desegregate what we now know as Georgia State University, but still were denied entry. Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your mother's story. I really appreciate it. And look, if Georgia State won't give them a tree, we'll plant trees around here at Public Broadcast in Atlanta. W-A-B-E. I'll make sure of that. We got room for some trees. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Scott. Thank you. And that was from earlier in the year. This week, Crystal Freeman will accept, on behalf of her mother, Barbara Pace Hunt's honorary degree from Georgia State University. Of course, the other women will also be honored. The ceremony will take place Wednesday at Georgia State's Convocation Center. Gail, it's these continuing conversations that we have, and, and we've been following this all year long, and um, I believe in being fair. You know, as Dr. King said, it's never too late to do, do what's right. You know, Georgia State, under President Blake, we are got to be fair about that, stepping up, doing what's right. 60 years later, I think we're having some audio issues with Gail here, but it is stories like I this. To, I forgot to unmute myself. <laughs> when I hear stories like that of Miss Hunt, I think about how rare it is for a person to have grace 
or for a person to have grit. But for someone to have both qualities simultaneously, given all of the trials that she went through and the injustices, what a testament to the human spirit. And, and I'm with you. I'll come help plant a tree at, <laughs> WA, at WABE in her honor. That was a beautiful story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just want to appeal to listeners now that when you give to support shows like Closer Look, and getting to hear stories like Miss Barbara Hunt's, we will enter you into enter your name into a drawing to win a $100 City Winery gift card. For full contest rules, you can go to wabe.org/contestrules, or you can also give by calling 678-553-9090. And then just to remind you of some other really touching stories earlier this year in October, Hira now introduced us to a man who could identify nearly any country from a single photograph. Mm. I don't understand how the brain can work like that. Yeah. And in March, I love this story. We introduced you to six-year-old Kendall Ray Johnson, who is the youngest certified farmer in Georgia. Yeah. That kid made me feel like an underachiever. <laughs> so much has happened this year, and WABE was there to tell us what it meant. So now, to map out our future plans, we're looking for financial help from listeners just like you. Please lend a hand or plant a tree with a year-end <laughs> gift at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090, and we thank you. My name is Mariam, and I'm from Douglasville, Georgia. What I love about Rose's show is that she is very nice to people, but at the same time, she wants to hear the truth. But it's almost like she is talking to people that she already knows. It's very a very comfortable way of talking, and she always knows what she's talking about. Marianne, I could not agree with you more. And Rose, I'm wondering, are you ever at a loss for words on air? Of course. Yeah. I've never heard it. How do you cover it up? I never think, uh-oh, dead air. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just, uh, you, you know, I, I want to be very clear because there are two people, maybe three people who've been very, who've been very good mentors for me in terms of the art of listening when you're a journalist. Uh, Carmen Burns, Dennis O'Hare, uh, our beloved Queen Monica, uh, you know, watching them. Um, and then growing up in St. Louis, there was a anchor by the name of Robin Smith. I was a big fan of uh, Carol Simpson. It was the first, uh, I think, uh, evening news anchor, ABC News, black news anchor. So watching them when they would do interviews and just listening, you know, um, yeah, I just like to listen. I had to yeah. listen growing up. My dad not, said, listen, well, so I would we? listen. <laughs> Hard head, a hard head makes for a soft behind, yeah, right? Yeah, I heard that. But I think about all the little roses to be coming up now, listening to you. And Scary. Learning how to listen, learning how. No, I think it's a beautiful thing, and the only way we can make continue that cycle, continue the circle, and you know, creating the next generation of skilled interviewers like Rose, having the natural talent of putting people at ease like Rose, no matter if the person is a mayor or professor, professor from a local college, is to support the powers that be here at WABE. So please help by starting a monthly gift at wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. And thank you. And you know what's cool too? Think about making a gift to WABE the same way you would to a friend or a relative because WABE is always here for you, right? And so your one-time gift will really help us right now. So give for the reasons you listen 
at wabe.org slash donate or with the call to 678-553-9090. I will tell you this. When I interview kids, when I speak with kids, I don't prepare. I don't do anything. I just go. It would be futile, wouldn't it? Yeah. I just I just go with the flow and I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Nor should you because they're way, as Louis Armstrong sang, they'll know much more than we'll ever know. So all we can do is follow. Absolutely. 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. At the end of the year with your gift to WABE, we'd like to thank you with a gift in return. Maybe that's the new WAB hoodie, the I Love WABE mug, or even a selection of WABE vintage gifts. See them for yourself when you make your year-end gift at wabe.org slash donate. Thank you. And by the way, sorry about that, if you are going to donate during the seven o'clock hour of this rebroadcast guess what you will still be entered into the drawing for the 100 dollars city winery gift card right now though your odds are pretty good what are those odds katie one in seven that's not bad we appreciate it and when you give you'll be supporting all the interesting that's what we like to say interesting interviews and information you get here on closer look let me ask you this gail do you have a favorite interview Closer look interview. A or favorite segment? interview of yours. Um, I love the one that you did with uh, Layla Hathaway. Who oh. I did not know she was Donnie Hathaway's daughter. They got the same last said, name, Gail. What, what, but I, <laughs> a lot of people have the same last. That you is have true. The same last name as a good friend of mine, Susan Scott. That's well, my cousin. Found out that. Yeah, okay. All right. That's your cousin. <laughs> but um, when you said to her, Layla, we can do a radio show together, and she said, No, I want to be. I want to ride solo. And you were like, Well. Damn, Layla. I, I mean, you know, as, as um, the, the caller just said, your ability to just ride and go along with the flow and keep your sense of humor and always have a response is what keeps me interested and what, keep, what keeps your show so compelling. As yeah, we begin, I love that interview. As we begin to wrap up, I got to tell you, because people ask me about you know, favorite interviews and, and I, I love them all. But when Pam Greer walked into this studio, when I got to interview Pam Greer, I was like, a little kid because I, I grew up watching Pam Greer and, and just the way she was just, you know, kicking butt. I was going to say the other word, but I can't say that. Well, I could, but, you know, and she was she's like a shero, you know, she is a shero. I was like, uh, I got to be in conversation with Pam Greer. That was so when awesome. When are we going to hear you in conversation with Shaka Khan? I, I've, now, I've had a conversation with Shaka Khan. It wasn't in person, but, you know, it was it was okay. I was a little disappointed because we tried to get her in the studio, but at least I got to talk to her. So, yeah. 678-553-9090 <laughs> or online at wabe.org. Stay tuned. Slash donate. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.